1: Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit angie.com today. You can do this when you angie that. Welcome to the Tsai Seneca Business Brief brought to you by Sub China. Each week we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Tsaixhin. China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. It's been a week full of international news and even interstellar events for Chinese business. It's been a week that saw the return of China's lunar capsule, Chang'e 5, with a load of moon rocks. Back here on Earth, meanwhile, China and Europe discussed trade, and foreign invested companies in China might be in line For a helping hand from local governments. With all your top news, without you having to move from the comfort of your home, here's what has been happening in China this week. Last week saw the successful return of China's Chang'e 5 space capsule after a successful lunar mission collecting moon samples for the first time in 40 years. China has announced it is willing to share its lunar samples and data with the global scientific community, including the United States. However, the China National Space Administration emphasized that any collaboration with the U.S. and NASA would depend on the United States lifting a ban Congress put in place in 2011, which expressly prohibited NASA from engaging in any bilateral agreements with China and having its scientists directly collaborate as Washington seeks to protect its aerospace technology and to punish China for its human rights record. Bilateral investment treaty talks between China and the EU have entered the final phase, according to Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin speaking at a press conference on Friday. Back in September, Chinese and European leaders agreed the talks would conclude by the end of the year. The EU side has pointed out, Outstanding issues in the negotiations, such as market access barriers and sustainable development issues, if concluded, any agreement would then be subject to EU member states' ratification. With just over a week to go until the end of the year, companies from mainland China's listings are on course to making up 98% of money raised on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange in 2020, about 98% of the total Hong Kong 397.3 billion dollars or 51.2 billion US dollars raised from IPOs and secondary listings on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange this year is expected to have come from Chinese mainland companies up from 74% in 2019 according to a report that Deloitte China released on Wednesday While the number of mainland companies listing in Hong Kong has grown, only 14 new listings were made by foreign companies, those from Malaysia, Singapore, and the US this year, raising about 3 billion Hong Kong dollars, Deloitte said, way down from the 48.4 billion Hong Kong dollars raised by foreign companies in 2019. China's local governments are being urged to step up financial support for foreign-invested companies in the country as they work to recover from the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. A directive issued on December 4th, but only made public last week, stated that, quote, local commerce authorities should respond in a timely manner to key foreign-invested companies' appeal in terms of financial services and help resolve their problems, end quote. The document specifically referred to foreign-invested companies in the electronics and telecommunications equipment sectors, as well as in medical devices, automotive, and garment manufacturing industries as being eligible for support, along with companies involved in trade and services, such as wholesale travel and elderly care. China has approved its first new national bad loan manager in two decades, The China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission on Thursday approved the opening of state-owned China Galaxy Asset Management Company Limited, making it the first national bad asset manager to be launched since 1999. The new asset management company will deal with bad loans and toxic assets nationwide. China Galaxy will receive its financial business license within 10 days and proceed with relevant procedures before it opens for business early next year. Caixin has exclusively learned that China is considering setting up a powerful new disease control agency as part of public health reforms in the aftermath of its deadly COVID-19 pandemic. The government body, now known informally as the Major Disease Control Bureau, will oversee work aimed at preventing future outbreaks and managing emerging ones, and should combine the departments of the National Health Commission responsible for public health and emergency responses with the China Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the country's main protector of public health and safety. The news comes in the same week that Beijing reported its first confirmed case of locally transmitted COVID-19 in 134 days. And finally, it was a good week for Yang Sung fa a Chinese man wrongfully convicted of murdering his girlfriend in March 2001. The Tianjin High People's Court overturned the conviction after Song had spent 19 years in prison. The conviction was overturned due to insufficient evidence at a retrial on Thursday. Yang has now been released and will be reunited with family after a 14-day precautionary quarantine for coronavirus. Yang's son told Saishin that his father will apply for state compensation for wrongful imprisonment. Let's turn now to Anik Bao, company reporter for Caixin Global. Hey, Anik.
0: Hi, Kaiser. Nice to be
1: here. Anik joins us by phone, and uh, apologies in advance for audio. they might not be up to our usual. Uh, There is big news. Swedish courts have ruled that the country can follow through with its Huawei 5G ban. What's going on there, Anik?
0: So this Huawei legal battle to fight for the right to maintain its existing 5G equipment or build new 5G equipment on the land of Sweden has been going on for months, starting off with a ban in October from the Sweden's local telecoms regu- regulator, the PTS, as we know as the Swedish Post and Telecoms Agency, which required four telecom operators to remove any existing equipment from Chinese companies Huawei and ZTE from their infrastructure by January 2025. They said this ban was based on national security concerns, an allegation that we very often heard from the Trump administration in the US. These telecom operators had been approved to participate in the auction event for two types of 5G bands. They are essential to the 5G network for their higher capacity to carry data. The ban came out just 20 days before the scheduled date for the auction. Which was said to happen on November 10th. In in response to that, Huawei filed an appeal on November 5th to the local local court seeking an injunction on the ban, and that was a success. The court allowed its appeal on grounds that the decision effectively affects Huawei's rights and prohibited this ban from taking effect. The PTS then decided to put off this auction and filed an appeal to the higher court, which ruled in their favor last week. This, this decision actually cleared the path for the regulator to pick up this auction with the restriction where all bidding companies have to remove Huawei equipment within five years. But um, it's still not the end of it, as Huawei's case is still being reviewed in the court in Stockholm. And the company is waiting for a result to come out within weeks, as we understand. The PTS was not settled on another date for this auction. And he told us last week that they are reaching out to these telecom companies and will not see this auction take place this year.
1: And so how has Huawei responded? Uh, can you share any thoughts you might have on how the ban could impact the company?
0: Well, it is still unclear at this stage how this latest blow in the appeals court will affect Huawei's chances of overturning this ban just in time to get bidders to use this equipment again. but. And we are not clear what the final outcome will be for Huawei's future in this European country. So the company's representative in the the region told us last week that Huawei is still considering whether or not you will raise another appeal to this decision. And we're not aware of the company's next move because the situation is still quite fluid and uncertain. Huawei might just decide to stay calm and wait for the final ruling from the court. Or if the PTS moves on with this auction, to settle it on a date before the ruling actually comes out. Huawei might need to raise again to, another, to the, the local court and see, seek an injunction to stop this ban from taking effect again.
1: And, and what are the wider implications of the story? Does this go, for example, beyond just 5G networking equipment? I mean, because Huawei does other business as well.
0: Um, I think this restriction has only been targeting the 5G rollout and the telecom gears manufactured or supplied by Huawei. It doesn't affect the sales of this brand's smartphones, or it doesn't look like it will affect the selling of the smartphones made by its former brand owner, which was sold to a consortium of phone distributors and vendors last month. The Chinese government has warned the regulator in Sweden that it should revoke this ban on Huawei to avoid any negative impacts on the company's operation in the China market. And China was the European nation's eighth largest export destination last year according to data from Sweden's authority. But at this point, we can see there will be a lot of negative impacts on the country itself. We need to understand how this ban will lead to significant delays of the Sweden's 5G rollout. And two major telecom operators, as far as we know of, will be affected by this ban are Tele2, which is Sweden's second largest telecom operator, and Norway's state operator, Telenor. They have been using equipment from Huawei and it will be very costly for them to remove and replace such gears if such band were to take it back.
1: Well, thanks a lot for the update, Anik, and we uh, look forward to having you on the show again.
0: Thank you, Kaiser. I'm happy to be here and looking forward to our our next chat.
1: Me too. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Sin and Marcus Ryder of Tyson Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. For more on China, be sure to check out the other shows in the Sinica Network on Sup China. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to Sup China Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.